listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Sudup. Join us each week as we break down an issue in global politics so that you can understand what's going on in the world right now, but also what's likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr. Keith Suda, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Barbagat. I'm a journalist. The atrocities committed by MKUltra have long been documented, but a new investigation has uncovered links between the CIA program and horrific experiments conducted on people of colour in the United States. Keith is here to talk us through the new revelations and a warning, this episode discusses some confronting topics. Keith, I guess first off, could you give us the background of MKUltra so we can get the context? Yes, so um, what we're looking at then is a system of CIA funding experiments on human beings. So it's got quite a long history to this. So at the end of World War II, the Americans and the Russians and the British tried to kidnap as many German scientists as possible. So the Germans had been leaders in science, research and development from the late 19th century onwards. And they mobilised that research in the two world wars. In the Second World War, they also carried out research into human beings, experimenting on concentration camp victims. Mm. Now, some of the German scientists who were involved in German research projects became quite well known. I'm thinking particularly of Werner von Braun, who helped get Americans on the moon. So the space program is a little more in the public domain. Mm. But Operation Paperclip, as it was called, also captured scientists who'd experimented on human beings. They didn't go on trial for war crimes. They were just shunted off to government research institutions, either in the Soviet Union or the United States. And so that's some of the background to this, is how the Americans got interested Mm. in how you could use science to just see how good or how bad the human body is, particularly the human mind. So this received a kick along, if you like, during the Korean War. So that's 1950 to 1953. And there were allegations made that the North Koreans brainwashed American prisoners of war. Indeed, there's a very famous movie called The Manchurian Candidate based on that very idea Mm. of an American being brainwashed and being trained to carry out an assassination. So CIA, as we found out years later, began a research project at the end of the Korean War, 1953, which ran through for 20 years and only stopped because of the risk of public exposure. So for 20 years, they were carrying out experiments on human beings, Mm. all top secret. The most famous example, I think, for people would be Frank Olson, who in 1953 jumped or fell or was pushed out of a hotel window in New York. Mm -hmm. There was always a question mark over how the man died and continuing controversy even to this day. In the meantime, President Ford apologised to the family as did head of CIA, for the death of Frank Olson. Mm -hmm. And compensation has been paid, but I've noticed there's been more litigation of late. So they're obviously learning more about what happened to this poor guy Mm. who died back in 1953. So the death of Olson is the one that most people, if they know about MKUltra, know about him. So 
been testing possibly LSD on him or something like that. And then, as I say, had this accident with the hotel window of mm. one sort or another. Mm-hmm. Now, the program itself stopped in the mid-1970s. So this was a time when there was more scrutiny given to the intelligence agencies. It also links in, of course, with the time of the Watergate crisis, 1972 to 1974. CIA at that time decided to destroy as many of their files as they could lay their hands on. Mm -hmm. So that if someone were to start talking about MKUltra, they would have destroyed the evidence. Well, of course, people did. Senator Frank Church chaired a very famous inquiry into all this sort of secret work being carried out by the intelligence agencies. Really fantastic research done by Senator Church. And so that's how we got to learn more about MKUltra. But there's obviously still a lot more to find out. CIA are very difficult in terms of releasing their documents. Mm. My favourite example, which we might well come back to at the end of this year because of the anniversary, is the assassination of President Kennedy. Uh-huh. So that was in uh, November 1963 and uh, 60 years ago. And Oliver Stone made a movie about the assassination of Kennedy and in effect gave the impression that Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone. Now, in the first big government inquiry, he was seen as a lone actor. A decade later, people are now much better informed, thanks to Senator Church and all Mm -hmm. that work, it was decided that Lee Harvey Oswald was one of several who may have been involved in the assassination of Senator Kennedy. So Oliver Stone picks up on that much later on in his movie, JFK. And as a result of that movie and the controversy that it was created, we have congressional legislation saying that all documents relating to the assassination must be put into the public domain. That was done years ago. Mm. And CIA have just been very slow to make documents available. We think there's about another 4,500, which CIA are refusing to hold on to. Donald Trump, when he was campaigning for the presidency, said that he was going to force CIA to make those documents available. Well, four years of Trump in office, he failed to deliver the goods. Interestingly, Joe Biden has said he's not even going to try <laughs> to implement that legislation wow. as he knows what side his bread is buttered on when it comes to CIA. Yeah. We still don't know exactly what happened with President Kennedy. Clearly, it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald alone during the shooting because the crucial part of the evidence relates to Kennedy being shot in the face. And that's why part of the skull falls off at the back. Mm. So there's still a lot more that we have to find out. And who knows what we'll be talking about at the end of this year for Mm. the the 60th anniversary of that assassination. But it shows how difficult it is to get documents out of CIA. And this is an article looking at how somebody has been able to get documents out of CIA using freedom of information. So full marks, they've got the system to work. Looking at how MKUltra... This experiments carried out on human beings were actually carrying them out on people of colour. Yeah. Frank Olson was white, mm-hmm. but they were obviously picking up black people and carrying out experiments on them. Mm. And that's what's now coming to light in terms of black prisoners who were in prisons, for example, in New York, and how they were then being used for these guinea pig experiments. What were they doing to these people? Well, we've still got to get the full information about what was doing. The key thing is really mind control. Mm. So we're back to the Manchurian candidate, right, 1953. And in particular, 
there was a, an institution in Canada whereby the Canadians cooperated, not necessarily telling their government, but Canadian health authorities cooperated with CIA in being able to do experiments on people. Now, there's a lot of Canadian TV documentaries covering this. So there have been successful court cases where a McGill Hospital has been sued by patients who really lost their memory. This was the theory that they've said that, is it possible for you to wipe out someone's entire memory and then start rebuilding the brain from scratch? Mm. And so they needed to get patients for this. Now, so we've known about the, the white patients recruited in Canada for this experiment in Quebec. But what this article is arguing about is saying, look, there's a huge lot of other people who are also being experimented on, but they've come out of the jails and they are people of colour. And I found it interesting in the article that we were reading, talking about the way that they were getting these people in for the experiments was deeming them criminally insane. And during the civil rights movement, late 50s, 60s in the USA, and it's really horrific to think about these people who might have been protesting or, yep. you know, sure, they might have broken a law or two, but to deem them criminally insane and try and wipe their memories. It's horrific. I was really shocked reading about this. I'd never heard of anything around MKUltra before. So, and th these new revelations that they were targeting, it looks like they were targeting people of colour. What are the, what are the flow-on effects going to be from this revelation, if anything? Well, my fear is, is that this um, anthropologist, Osanami Burton, who's done all this work, my fear is that this research will just get nowhere except for those of us who have a professional interest in the work of CIA and MKUltra. I think it should be triggering another government investigation, a congressional inquiry similar to the Frank Church one. But I, I think there's some reluctance about subjecting CIA to further scrutiny. This is Global Truths with Dr Keith Suda and this week we're discussing the CIA's horrific mind control experiments of the past. Now, Keith, you were talking about how the CIA was trying to destroy the documents, but some have kind of obviously survived. So how successful was their attempted cover-up then in the 70s to stop this from coming to light? Well, the fact that we're only talking about it now, 50 years after the church inquiry, suggests that they were fairly successful in being able to hire hide all those documents. With freedom of information, you need to have the information in order to ask for the information. Mm -hmm. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So who knows what else is there? And because you don't know what to ask for, you don't know what you're going to receive. So do you think there'll be things that we'll just never find out? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it I guess a lot of it would rely on whistleblowers. Exactly. And whistleblowers get treated very badly. Mm. So a person who is a whistleblower really just terminates their career. Daniel Ellsberg is my favourite example of this. So Daniel Ellsberg published the papers relating to the Vietnam War and never worked again. Now, luckily, he'd married into money. <laughs> <laughs> so by the, the time tip. I ran across him in the early 1980s, you know, he, he was a professional protester. <laughs> in fact, died only quite recently. A professional protester financed by his wife. But a lot of other whistleblowers are not in such a a fortunate situation. Why were black prisoners targeted, is it theorised? Well, I think one of the reasons is that they were obviously seen as more disposable. 
it's risky with a white person, as they found out with Frank Olsen, if you use LSD on somebody and they go ahead and have an accident by falling onto the pavement, they will have next of kin who will continue to chase you through the courts. Whereas a lot of people of colour just don't have relatives who will know how to use the system to track down why the person died. The other thing which is hinted at in this article is the use of bioweapons. Mm. In other words, is it possible to create a weapon of some sort which would directly target people of colour? So that's your bioethnic weapon. By the looks of it, they were not able to do that. And some scientists will say that basically you can't. The, the chemicals that you want to use won't distinguish between those who are white or black or male or female. But obviously CIA wanted to make sure that it couldn't be done, which is why they spent so much money testing it. And particularly given the, as you say, the spirit of the age was the black rebellions, the black riots, etc., particularly peaking around 1968. And so obviously you'd have people within CIA who were saying, well, are there ways that we can cope with all these black demonstrators who are causing so many problems? It's horrific to think about in this day and age, but... The article does allude, well, it openly mentions Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. What's the equivalent of what is happening now that we know of? Well, we've got a number of what are called black sites around the world. So these are arrangements which CIA enter into without telling the US government, and they are then used for torture. So the CIA can say, we're not torturing anybody on American soil. Correct. They're doing it in Syria Mm. or Egypt in friendly countries. And again, they're back to using experiments on them to see if they can get them to talk, assist with the interrogation, etc. So Guantanamo Bay, which is in Cuba, which has been used also for holding some people, some of them going all the way back to 2001 Mm. at the time of the original 9-11 attack. And so you've got real problems there, I think, in terms of these black sites. And we really don't know what goes on within CIA. And if CIA don't want to cooperate, you're not going to be able to force them. As I say, not even the presidents of the United States are willing to (laughs) take on CIA. Is it independent of the government? Like, No, of course not. It's part of the government. So I I just don't, like, how have they become so isolated and able to determine their own rules? One of the things they can do is they intimidate politicians. So once you get into office, you'll get an intelligence briefing, right? And they will say, look, this is information that we've got about Saddam Hussein or President Putin, et cetera. And if you're the the newcomer politician, you're saying, golly, if they've got that information on Putin, what have they got on me? Mm-hmm. How could they use it? And see, so this is what intrigued me about Donald Trump, because the CIA would have all of Trump's emails and phone calls because they scoop up everything on electromagnetic nature in terms of communications. It's all been scooped up. So, well, when I say CIA, it's probably National Security Agency, NSA, will have scooped up all of those conversations. So they would be in a good position, in effect, to threaten Trump. You cause problems, we'll release some of this information. Blackmail. It's blackmail. And it's the the role of the deep state, which Trump, to his credit, talked about. The problem is that he then did nothing about it And it also means that those of us who continue to use that expression, we're now guilt by association (laughs) because we're linked with Donald Trump, uh, who's who's actually damaged the the term. But I think it's a 
a very good term. It explains why you're going to get disappointed with your politicians. Mm. If, however, a politician could be elected to office and this would coincide with the civil service, the deep state, also having similar views, then things could be done. For me, the favourite example would be Mrs Thatcher, who came to power in 1979 with very clear ideas about what should be done about the British economy. And that resonated with some of the bureaucrats inside Whitehall who reckoned, well, this woman's right. So they then worked with her to dismantle much of what the British government had accumulated in previous decades Mm. in the interest of creating a so-called free market. So politicians can grab the paradigm of the day being followed by public servants, then they'll be able to achieve a great deal. But on the other hand, if, like John Kennedy in 1963, if you've got an idea, look, the war in Vietnam is can't be won and we've got to withdraw at some point and the Pentagon take the view we don't withdraw, we only win wars, then you're on a collision course. And, of course, Kennedy didn't win on that one. Mm. And America stayed the course on Vietnam and then still got defeated. Yeah. Returning to these recent documents, what's been the reaction to them and has there been any comment from the CIA or the government? No, nothing. Nothing at all. And the way in which you hose down a scandal is by not reporting or not replying on what's going on. And so they've just ignored it. They just ignored it. And it's seen as a fringe left-wing or right-wing activity. I think it's probably left-wing, but it doesn't make much difference. It's fringe anyway, Mm. not seen as mainstream. And therefore, I I don't think much is going to get done about it. No repercussions? No. Do we think there'll be more information about this program come to light in the future? I think we'll certainly learn a lot more. And I'd say the Canadians are very embarrassed that so much of this research was carried out on their soil. So certainly the Canadians have been reasonably cooperative, but then you can get statements of cooperation from politicians. But if the bureaucrats are working with bureaucrats in the United States, then you're up against another brick wall. It's never-ending, isn't it? Uh, Keith, thank you for explaining that to us. Really, you know, a, a troubling story, but I guess as more information comes to light, we can hopefully learn from our mistakes of the past. Indeed. Global Truths is presented by Dr. Keith Souter and me, Sasha Barber-Gatt. Audio production by Niall Fernandez. Theme and original music by Matt Nikolic.